Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another PadreCast episode of the TMI PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations, and joining me today for PadreCast number eight is your TMI headmaster, Father Scott Brown. Welcome back, Father Scott. Thank you, Stephanie. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So we're just getting back into the swing of things after a nice long break, Christmas, New Year. Did you have a good holiday and a chance to rest? I did. My family and I stayed put for the holiday, which was really, really nice. We didn't do a lot of traveling over the break. My family came to us, which was um, nice to be able to just stay home and rest a little bit. So a very nice break and uh, glad to be back in the routine of the school. Nice to not have to have the stress of traveling. Let everyone come here. That's exactly right. (laughs) It was very nice. Well, we are back, and it's been a while since we did our last PadreCast episode. We've been off on break, but a lot has happened since we last talked. So tell me about some of the events we've wrapped up probably since about December. Yeah, perhaps my favorite event that I want to tell you about was our band concert. Uh, Rod Leonard is uh, our director of our band, a growing group at TMI, over 40 students from middle schoolers through high schoolers, and they're really growing. We have a beginner band and a woodwind ensemble, but then we have the TMI Symphonic Band, which is every, um, it's really fun to watch everybody come together. He's really growing that program. Uh, The coolest part about the band concert on December 13th, which I got to be a witness to, was that that concert is usually a band slash choir concert. Uh, Mr. Joey Deloach is our choir director. He had been sick at the end of the semester and wasn't in school for about a month leading up to Christmas. And so the choir had to be put on pause and therefore the band took the lead on the concert. So the concert was strictly a band concert. Well, unbeknownst to anybody in the room, uh, Kelly Jung, one of our senior choir director, choir students rather, and Res Life student, um, had behind the scenes got the band, the choir together to rehearse. And um, during the intermission, the choir came forward and conducted a piece. She conducted it and said, this is dedicated to Mr. Deloach, who's sick and not feeling well. It just was such an awesome sight to see Mm -hmm. one of our seniors get the choir together on her own, step up during an intermission and do a song, conduct it herself with one of our other TMI students on the piano, a totally student-led choir, a tribute to Mr. Deloach, which was a wonderful addition to a beautiful night celebrating both our band and our choir. That really was a, a special moment. It was neat to watch that happen and to just see how amazing our kids are because they really are and then they do things like that and it just kind of warms your heart especially for the holidays it's really nice they had every reason to be too busy to get together and practice for a choir concert that they weren't even participating in with finals and everything else midterms everything else but they um it was important for them to honor mr deloche and for them to do that totally on their own um reminds me of um, how it is that we say every day that we raise servant leaders because mm-hmm. that was an example of it. It was. I think we had another special treat because it was just a band concert that Rod Leonard, our band director, actually brought his trombone ensemble in. So that was pretty neat to watch him play with his, uh, with his trombone counterparts. That's exactly right. He's quite an accomplished um, musician in his own. Um, he does uh, quite a few um, Uh, performances around town and he's very gifted on the trombone and so for him to bring a little ensemble together and do um, 
do that as a part of the concert was really cool to see. It's great to know that our teachers are um, are modeling the learning that they're um, teaching in the classrooms. And Rod is growing as a musician. He's an unbelievable um, trombone player, and it was fun to watch him perform. It was. So taking advantage of the holiday season, our our National Honor Society, they had uh, they did a quick little project before the break, didn't they? Yeah, we had a couple of projects before the break that were really community-centered. As you said, the NHS, the Honor Society, did a really fun gingerbread house decorating contest. Um, the purpose of that was to benefit a Christmas Spirits Foundation, uh, Trees, for, Trees for Troops, it was called. It was a program that was provided um, Christmas trees to troops and military families, and uh, the NHS helped um, get some Christmas trees for some families in need, some, some military families. And then uh, Daniel Foreman and our Interact group led um, our annual Adopt-A-Family Drive in which they adopted over 40 families uh, at Mead Elementary School families, local school down the road from us. And we helped um, outfit some of those families with some things they needed for the Christmas holidays. So both the NHS and Interact really showing um, community service at its best and helping those around the holidays who just mm -hmm. needed a little bit of love. A couple of great community projects. Absolutely. So right after that, we jumped into exam week, and you brought something really fun this year, something we've, as long as I've been here, we haven't had during exam week. So if anyone missed it, tell us what those were. So we have two full days of exams, um, two days in which the students have an exam in the morning, a lunch break, and then an exam in the afternoon. Um, and on those two days, we decided to bring in some stress relief in the middle of those two exams. Uh, day one, we brought in a DJ. Actually, we didn't have to bring him very mm -hmm. far. It was Jose Blas, one of our employees here who DJs on the side. And just to have some music and um, lighten the load, lighten the mood um, between the two exams. And then day two, I brought in a petting zoo, <laughs> um, an, uh, 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 an alpaca, um, a little, uh, some sheep, um, a uh, wallet. Was it a wallaby? A kangaroo? I think it. I think it was not a kangaroo. What's what's the smaller size <laughs> yeah. king, kangaroo? We don't have a full size kangaroo, oh so um, I think it's a wallaby. Yeah, it was an exotic petting zoo. The purpose was <laughs> simply just to put a smile on our students' faces. Um, exams are important. Academics are important. Accomplishing, um, gr making great grades is important. However, um, as we'll talk about in a little while when we talk about an upcoming event. Uh, stress is so high amongst our students and giving them a chance to breathe between mm -hmm. exams, giving them a chance to realize that, that they'll actually do better on their exams if they're less stressed, if they're smiling, if they're breathing. I mean, the, the line for students to pet the animals and play <laughs> with the animals was really fun to watch. And then I, I truly believe that they did better on that afternoon exam having um, not spent their entire break between the two exams um, the hour between the two exams stressed out mm -hmm. or uh, worrying. That was a, a lot of fun. It was. So now we'll have to raise the bar for the next time. I already huh? have ideas. <laughs> I already have ideas for May for the finals, for final exams. I've already got some things stirring and have begun working on ways for de-stressing during ah. exams in May. So stay tuned. I think the faculty enjoyed it just as much, too. I don't know if we got Sherry Lim <laughs> out of the... <laughs> that is right up her alley. That is right up her alley. So then we come into the new year, and on January 8th, we finally got a chance to celebrate your favorite project. I think it still is, <laughs> Cafe 18. Tell me what we did there. The class of 18 was still, many of them were still in town um, for the holidays, and so on January 8th, about a dozen or so of our former students from last year came back to campus to see Cafe 18 
uh, the naming rights to Cafe 18 um, came from gifts from the class of 18 senior um, account after they finished all of their proms and all of their fundraising for various events they donated for their class gift the naming rights for Cafe 18. So they got to come back and cut the ribbon and see the space. Jacob Sanger cut the ribbon on behalf of the class and it was fun to have so many alum back. It's always great. I always tell them welcome home Mm -hmm. and it's great to see them come back home to TMI. Not only did they come back and cut the ribbon, what was really cool is Miss Murphy had set up an uh, that was an advisory day and Miss Murphy um, set up a time for those students to meet with our current seniors and just talk a little bit about what's life like in college one semester out of TMI and then what I thought was the greatest part is that uh, Miss Murphy conducted a Q&A for about 30 minutes with the senior class and the um, the new freshman the, the college freshman but then she left and just gave them some time no adults in the room, college seniors and our uh, college freshmen and our seniors to just be honest about what's life like. And the feedback we got from our students was really great about how much they appreciated that perspective from students that they know very well who were on this mm-hmm. campus just you know six, eight months ago and are now um, doing really, really well in college. And for them to connect with each other was a great opportunity. It always makes a difference to hear things from your peers and to feel a little bit more connected. So it's always great to have them back on campus. So one team, I'm not sure if we've talked a whole lot about them yet or not because they're just kind of getting into their their competition, but our Cyber Patriot team has hit the ground running this year and they've already, um, I think they just did a competition on Friday? That's correct. So our Cyber Patriot is a special a special team within the Corps of Cadets. It's a great special team. Um, they do some really great uh, cyber defense and so um, this is a cool competition and our mm-hmm. Panther 1 team got platinum level ranking this year in the preliminary round which means that they're automatically um, qualified for nationals and the Panther 1 team is Lucas Prado, Brandon Rupsiman, Juliana Martinez, Joey Kyle, Dylan Pegg and Jack Bassel and so having that group of students um, successful so early and uh, in the season it's really cool as they'll go on to nationals and then the other cyber patriot team the second team are in gold level rankings and they'll get to compete in the state round for sure and so that that's a really great um, group of, of students within the corps of cadets that are learning how to do cyber defense and what a fun um, fun and when learning is fun that's mm-hmm. a home run and they're they're in the middle of that right now. It is. I think we'll know by the end of the month if they get to the Panther 1 team advance on. And, and the next competition, if they do, will be in early February. So awesome. a lot more to come. So we also got to welcome back more of our alumni. I know you love to do that. We just, this past weekend, it was a beautiful weekend, great weather. And we brought out a bunch of beginner lacrosse players and an alumni alumni game, didn't we? We did. Blake Skinner is our head soccer, uh, head lacrosse coach. I think um, we've talked a little lacrosse on this uh, podcast before with some former lacrosse uh, players from TMI. Our lacrosse program under Coach Skinner is really um, thriving. Mm-hmm. He uh, had over 80 beginner students here for the clinic. I think it's, maybe even closer to yeah, 100. But uh, almost 100 signed up and then about 80, 80, came. 80 or so showed up that day. And so really fun to see Coach Skinner investing in the next generation of lacrosse players and then invited those um, young beginner lacrosse players to stick around and watch the alumni game. And we had a huge turnout mm-hmm. for the alumni game as well. 
um, always need to bring the ice packs and the water bottles out because our alum, um, some of them, um, some of them are in great shape, still playing uh, college lacrosse, but some of them haven't played lacrosse. <laughs> the only time they play is in the annual alumni event, and so um, got to watch out for the old hamstring pulls and um, and the knee injuries. But it was a great day. Uh, Coach Skinner continues to get our lacrosse family back together each year to kind of kick off the lacrosse season, and it's going to be another great year for TMI lacrosse. It will. So there is one last event I really want to talk about, but um, the night, it's actually happening the night before we air this. So while we record, the event hasn't happened yet, but I think we ought to talk about it, and that's the showing of the documentary, Angst. And so why don't you tell me a little bit about this collaboration we have with St. George um, and the diocese and why they brought, why we felt it was important to bring this out to our community. Sure. So uh, Rob Devlin is the head of school at St. George. We have a great relationship with that wonderful school. He's a wonderful head of school, and uh, he's a parent of TMI. All three of his children graduated from TMI. And so we partnered with the Diocese of West Texas and St. George to host this showing of a 45-minute documentary called Angst. Angst is a documentary designed to raise awareness around anxiety in our students, which is a conversation that is very, very, very important to me. Um, TMI strives to find that balance for our students between um, between academic success and um, well-rounded, healthy students. Healthy is um, the mm-hmm. most important. And so Angst is a great documentary. I've already watched it. And so what we will do is we'll host the viewing of that 45-minute documentary, and then we have a panel of um, of folks to answer questions and talk a little bit more. Um, we actually have a student who graduated from here who a beautiful story about her own journey with anxiety through high school. We have some parents. We have the producer, the executive mm-hmm. producer of the documentary is coming to town. And so a, a chance for our parents to hear a little bit more about um, the trends, the scary trends we're seeing in the rise in anxiety amongst students today, especially in independent schools. And so we want to always be at the forefront of helping educate our families and give them tools and resources to handle um, conversations in their house around anxiety. And so partnering with St. George, with the diocese, with um, TMI, so three communities that are devoted to the wellness of our students, body, mind, and spirit, um, hosting this documentary makes total sense for us. It does. And speaking of anxiety, we just wrapped up all of these events, but it's still the beginning of the spring semesters, and we've already, we're just going 100%. So what advice would you give to our families and students to stay focused and working hard as we keep running through the second half of this school year? And I think one of the things that parents, and I'm a parent myself, I have two students here at TMI, a young daughter in second grade. One of the things that I'm always reminding myself, and I think it's so important for parents to hear, is that we we need to be intentional about praising our, our children's behavior and not praising their results. Mm-hmm. And so I think about when my own son came back from finals, or midterms rather, and he was anxious to get his grades from finals, um, rather than saying, hey, have you got your grades yet? What grade did you make? What number did you get? What letter did you get on that test? I watched my son study um, for days and days. I watched him choose wisely and how to invest his time to prepare for those um, midterm exams. And so I didn't praise 
his grades. I praised his behavior. I didn't say, oh my gosh, Parker, you got an A on that test. I'm so proud of you for getting an A. I said, Parker, I'm so proud of your work ethic. I watched you study every night. I watched you sit at the table and devote time to what's important to you. And, and I'm really proud of the effort that you put in. And I think that's a huge shift. It's a little mm -hmm. shift, but it's a huge shift. I shared this um, scary statistic that I read in the Washington Post not too long ago that said 80% of middle school students believe that their parents love them more if they make better grades. I'll pause for a second there because that's a scary statistic. 80% of middle school students believe that their parents love them more if they make better grades. And data actually shows that that number rises in uh, upper school. And so our students already believe that if they don't produce, then their parents are going to feel like they're, um, their parents may be disappointed in them or they didn't live up to some expectations that the world has for them. We have to praise their behavior, praise their work ethic, praise the decisions they make. And if they work their tail off and devote time and energy to a test and don't do well on that test, and all we're focused on is the grade that that student makes on that test, then, um, then we're not doing our job as a parent to uh, model for them the kind of behavior we want, regardless of the grade that they get. That is fantastic advice, I think. We definitely need to focus on that, and very well said, thank you. So switching gears a little bit, let's kind of, we've had a lot going on, so let's kind of zoom out and take a bird's eye view of some of the stuff happening here at TMI. Over the last couple months, we've been starting to see some of the results and actions driven by the work of the Strategic Planning Committee, new faculty roles and reviewing different facilities. So can you give us an update on the strategic planning process what committees have recommended or are working on, and then what is coming up next? Sure. So last March, the Board of Governors and the administration went off-site for a couple of days to beautiful Camp Capers to begin a strategic planning. And it was really a seven-year strategic plan. And the reason we chose seven years is that's the lifespan of a TMI student from sixth through twelfth mm -hmm. grade. Um, and so uh, if you're here on this campus for seven years, what is it we're trying to accomplish in one cycle of a TMI student's sixth through twelfth grade journey? The Board of Governors uh, adopted five major goals, and those goals are centered around our students, our faculty, our culture, our pillars, and our financial stewardship. So those are the, the broad ways of describing the five major goals. And then the Board of Governors handed those five goals over to me and to the administration and said, Scott, how, how is it that you are hoping to accomplish? What objectives or initiatives are necessary for you to um, have great students, great faculty, um, support the pillars, have a wonderful culture, and practice financial stewardship? good stewardship. And so um, rather than me sitting in a room and making decisions, which is not the way I lead, I um, created committees. And we had 62 faculty choose to participate in one of those five committees. And so the committees had about 10 to 12 people on them. And they've spent several months talking about objectives and initiatives needed to accomplish their goal that they were talking about. And so they've presented those goals and objectives through um, a variety of meetings and conversations with uh, members of our strategy committee of the board, myself and the senior leadership team. And we presented, I presented the draft of those objectives and initiatives to 
uh, the board's strategic uh, planning committee, the strategy committee, just last week. Um, some of those objectives, as you said, Stephanie, have already begun mm -hmm. to be fleshed out. For example, um, one of the things that we are um, that has become very, very clear to us over this process of how to support our students is the addition of a learning specialist. Tracy Carter is the Dean of Academic Support, and she does a wonderful job in that. We're changing her title to Dean of Community and Wellness for next year, also a result of the strategic plan. One of the things we learned in our, um, in our conversations around our culture and around our pillars mm -hmm. and around our community is that we need somebody who's waving the flag of community and parent education and making sure that we have a robust parent ed program in which our parents, our families, feel like they're involved and, and, and know what's going on in the day-to-day -day life of our school and have tools, resources, like the angst conversation mm -hmm. um, to understand what life's like for their students. Tracy is the perfect person to be the, the Dean of Wellness and Community holding the conversation around balance, making sure we're doing what's in the best interest of our students, body, mind, and spirit. Tracy moving to that role of student wellness and community wellness and parent ed leaves an opening um, for some of the work that she did as the Dean of Academic Support. However, one of the things that we've learned over the last several years is the number of students in our community who have, um, who who would benefit from a learning specialist, mm -hmm. someone who can help our students and our teachers who have slight um, struggles, need a little bit more time, could use the help of a learning specialist. Having somebody who's a subject matter expert on this campus to help our students. If we're gonna, we say that once a student invests in TMI, we need to invest in our students. And having a learning specialist on this campus who can help our students who need that is um, is our best is in our best effort is something that deserves our best efforts. And so that's a shift that's already begun and we're really excited as we have already posted that job. That's mm -hmm. an example of, of an initiative, an objective, an objective going forward. And there are many more that we're already looking at. Mm -hmm. um, for example, we're adding a second college counselor. Sarah Murphy is an amazing college counselor and our college placement office is doing a wonderful job with our students. But we have approximately 80 students a year and while Sarah Murphy takes about 40 to 50 of those, currently the, the rest of those students are um, with great faculty who have um, helped step up, who have college placement experience like Bob Ridewood or Lisa Condry. But adding a second full-time college counselor to partner with Sarah for our student body is an objective that helps us achieve our strategic goals. I'm excited that Alana Nichols from our admissions office has um, accepted this position as the second college counselor for next year. And so we'll be looking for a new addition to our admissions office, but we're blessed to have Alana who loves TMI, knows TMI, knows our families shifting over to the college counseling office where she'll be full-time supporting Sarah, another initiative that's moving us forward to accomplishing our strategic goals. So a lot of things are in motion. What's kind of the next big phase for the strategic planning committee? So in addition to those soft objectives, things like studying um, course requirements for graduation and are we um, consistent with best practices for that, those are what I would consider soft initiatives. They require no funding or no uh, resources outside of just time. Um, so we have several of those initiatives that we're looking at, the shift of um, Tracy Carter to Dean mm -hmm. of Community and Wellness. Those are soft initiatives. The next step is really to identify the hard initiatives. That would be those uh, that require some capital investments. Mm -hmm. um, 
we, we have some facilities needs and we've talked for a long time on this campus about um, building new buildings but I've always said we, we don't want to build a new building for building's sake. Mm -hmm. The strategic plan should tell us what building we need to build and we believe that it has. Um, I believe that um, we'll be announcing very soon what new buildings we'll be investing in and, um, and I think it'll have something to do with innovation and design. I'll mm -hmm. leave it at that for now. <laughs> a and, little uh, teaser. Uh, and we'll talk more about those after we have some more board conversations in the coming weeks but I'm going to be really excited. I'm, it's going to be hard for me to bite my tongue because mm -hmm. I'm ready to talk about um, some strategic decisions that are coming that, uh, that are big initiatives that really cross all of those goals. So we're looking now at, at capital investments and strategic decisions that, that, that help us with students, teachers, culture, pillars, financial resources. So crossing a, a, across multiple goals to help us accomplish um, the strategic plan going forward. And these are really exciting initiatives coming very, very soon. So a little bit of a hook for the listeners to keep listening to our PadreCast episodes. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we have another big strategic change coming up for next year, and that's our search for the associate head of school for the, starting in the 1920 school year. Can you give me an update on that search and talk a little bit more about the position and the role for next year? Sure. So as you know, we currently have a head of the upper school and a head of the middle school. Having two division heads is very common um, organizational structure for some independent schools. As I am entering almost my second full year, March will be, I've been here two full years in, in March, so I'm nearing, I've been here about 20 months now. When I came to campus, I realized that we share a building, we share students, we share mm -hmm. faculty. It's very common for one of our teachers to teach uh, three sections of middle school and two sections of upper school. And the model of having a middle school head and an upper school head really works well if the middle school and the upper school have two different buildings, have devoted faculty. Mm -hmm. And in our case, we don't have that. In our case, most of our classes are in Coates Hall. Most of our faculty teach middle school and upper school. So having two different departments with, or two different divisions within the same building with the same students and the same teachers, for me, was, um, was not the best way to go about leading um, what I would call vertical alignment. So if we got to know, let's take English, for example. What is it that we expect our 12th grade graduate, our senior graduate, to have accomplished in the subject of English? Once we've identified that, then we begin working toward that ideal um, delivery in sixth grade. And so our curriculum and our deliverables need to be vertically aligned sixth through 12th grade. And so I believe that the best way for us to do that is to bring those two divisions, which are not, division is the word we use for middle school and upper school, mm -hmm. but those two, um, the middle school students and the upper school students into one big conversation. And so having one associate head who holds the conversation of teaching and learning and carries that thread from sixth through 12th grade all the way through, I believe is going to make us a better sixth to 12th grade school. I think it's best for mm -hmm. everybody, our teachers, our students, to have that consistency in what we do and why we do it, starting in sixth grade, carrying all the way through 12th grade. And so uh, both our middle school head and our upper school head positions will be eliminated at the end of this academic year, and we'll have one associate head of school who will essentially hold the conversation for all things teaching and learning sixth through 12th grade. And you're currently looking at the candidates right now, correct? That's correct. So we started with over 50 applicants. It's a, a, a big position, a very desirable position. TMI is a great school with mm -hmm. a great reputation. And so we got quite a few uh, 
qualified resumes. Over 50 people started off in the conversation. Um, I put together an advisory committee because, as I've said before, true to my nature, I don't make decisions in isolation. Um, I need, I like collaboration. I like advice and um, and and conversation from a variety of people. And so I invited seven faculty members, no administrators, seven faculty members to join me in this conversation, a nice um, cross-section of disciplines, of middle school and upper school. And so a variety of seven, the seven um, faculty make up a nice variety of our student body, of our faculty rather. And so they have walked with me on this journey. We started with over 50 names. We uh, did some fun one-way interviews with each of the candidates. Then we've now in the phase right now where we're doing live interviews with those um, candidates that are still in the conversation with us. That's done over um, over a live interview. So we it's a video interview, so we're able to see them and they see us. And I would say that by February 1st or the first week of February, we will be inviting finalists to campus. And so mm-hmm. we'll have somewhere in the neighborhood of three, four, five finalists who will come to campus and uh, spend a full day and a half uh, with us, getting to know our community, us getting to know them. And my hope is that we as an advisory committee will um, be ready to announce our new associate head of school by the middle of February so that we can begin um, preparing for that person's arrival on our campus um, in probably July as a start date. That'll be exciting. It's very exciting. This person will be, um, again, um, a strategic thinker partnering alongside um, the initiatives that have already begun and helping us um, take TMI into the 21st century, um, which we Mm -hmm. have been in for now 20 years, (laughs) and ready to help move the school forward academically as we continue to be a a school that prepares our students um, for life. And life looks a lot different than it did 20 years ago. And so somebody who could come in and help hold the conversation of teaching and learning and move us uh, even um, further into um, our future, it's really, really, really exciting. Mm -hmm. Exciting changes for the not too distant future. But in the immediate future, we've got something fun coming up uh, in just, I think, a couple of weeks. That's our core of our core of cadets. Tell me what a What's going on this year for our military ball and what our parents need to know? So this is just around the corner. Our keepers of tradition, we're so proud of our Corps of Cadets. They have a big week coming up. So February 2nd is their annual military ball. It's at the Hyatt Regency Hill Country Resort and Spa. This year, I believe we have four senior girls who we will honor. We honor all of our senior cadets and um, at that event. And there are four senior girls this year um, who will be our honorees along with the boys as well, but we do have a military ball queen. And so, of course, the <laughs> queen the is, is the most important um, <laughs> person at that. Uh, no, and So we'll honor all of our seniors. It's going to be a great night. It's just a few weeks away. Um, you can RSVP and get your tickets. Um, I would encourage you to do that. We're, we have a great, great guest speaker for all you Aggies out there, Brigadier General Retired Joe R- Ramirez. He's the Commandant of Cadets at Texas A&M University. He's our keynote speaker. I've heard him speak before, having him come to town as a gift. And so if you're a if you're an Aggie fan, an Aggie family, and you want to come hear Brigadier General <laughs> Ramirez speak to our cadets, that's February 2nd at the Hyatt Hill Country. Um, two days later, our, our cadets are involved in um, their um, uh, accreditation, their, mm-hmm. their um, um, 
the formal review. The formal review. The That's exactly what I'm trying to say. For um, as an honors unit with distinction, they only have to be reviewed every couple of years. And so, um, as I said, as I talked to our battalion commander Hassan Hassan, we have maintained our distinction as an honors unit um, for a long time. And according to our battalion commander, he has no plans of losing <laughs> that on his watch. And so we'll be thinking about our awesome cadets on February 4th as they're up for inspection. Um, with the uh, JROTC program. That'll be exciting to hear the, hear the results, yep. keep that title. And just in case people don't know, there is a deadline for the military ball tickets, and that's January 23rd, and the invitations have gone out, but I did set up a, a short link if you just want to go to tmi-sa.org slash millball. That'll just take you right to the page. So lots coming up. So as we wrap up, we've gone through a lot today, and as we wrap up, Another Padre cast. Tell me, what was the highlight of the last couple weeks being back in school for the spring semester for you? Well, my highlight would be last night. I got to go watch the middle school basketball teams play in our mm -hmm. gyms. The girls' seventh grade team played, and then the boys' A team played, and I got to watch both those games back-to-back. Um, both teams won, which is always exciting, but mm -hmm. um, what was most exciting is to watch our coaches and our fans and our players just compete. Um, and it was fun to see them working together, smiling, celebrating, working hard. Uh, really fun to watch our athletic teams. Um, uh, they give so much back to this community and they're student athletes. They're focusing on their academics, but they're also serving and competing and um, fun to watch. Always. So what words of wisdom do you want to leave us with this episode? So thinking about the angst conversation and um, what we talked about earlier in terms of honor, uh, praising our students, our children's behavior and not their accomplishments, I, th I think the wisdom I want to share is something somebody shared with me one time, and that's that our students are meant to be cherished, not tolerated. So often I know as a parent, I tolerate my children and I'm not, that's not what I should be doing. I should be cherishing them. Um, so often as a student, as a school, we should remember that as well. And so that's my wisdom for mm -hmm. all of us is to cherish the students in our lives, not just tolerate them. And our final fun question for you, do you, are you a believer in making New Year's resolutions? And if so, did you make any this year, Father Scott? I believe that it is important for those who believe it is important. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did not make any New Year's resolutions this year because I'm of the opinion that if it's worth doing on January 1st, it's worth doing all year long. Um, I like the reset of January 1st. I mm -hmm. like the opportunity to kind of um, refresh the um, uh, the homepage, if you will. Um, stop bad habits that are getting in the way, pick up better habits, commit to healthier lifestyle, whether that's exercise or eating right, um, saying your prayers, whatever it is that makes you your best you. I like the reset opportunity, but any day is a good day for a reset. Any day mm -hmm. is a good day to start great habits. And so um, my fear with the resolution on January 1st is if you, um, if it's January 14th and you've um, failed your resolution, then you give up for the next 11 and a half months. No, every day is a good day to start making great decisions. And so um, I did not make any resolutions, <laughs> and I hope that best practices going forward, I just press reset and start them. Every day is a good day. That's and right. Just a reminder to our listeners, if you want to submit your fun, get to know you question for Father Scott, or just want to share your feedback and comments, you can always email us at padrecast at tmi-sa.org. Well, Father Scott, thank you for joining me for another PadreCast episode. 
Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Great to be back and um, looking forward to a wonderful second semester. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.